Tonight's scripture reading will be from Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 3. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, and an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Good evening and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. If you're visiting with us, as always, we give thanks for your presence. We encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. If you are currently looking for a church home, please give consideration to the work here. It would be a joy. For us to have you come and join hands with us as we strive to serve the Lord in this community. We are grateful for the opportunity to advance the cause of Christ in this area. And we would welcome your help in this endeavor. We're going to be looking tonight at Genesis chapter 39. As you begin turning in your Bibles to chapter 39, let me just very quickly mention the fact that we have two guests with us tonight, Brother Barry, Barry Gilreath and Brother Jim Dearman. Many of you probably know Brother Jim Dearman. He was associated with this congregation some years ago. And these two men work with the Gospel Broadcasting Network. It has been my privilege to work with them. I appreciate their vision and their work, their faithfulness. And we are glad to have them with us here tonight. As a matter of fact, Brother James said just a moment ago, was that Jim Dearman that I saw just a moment ago? And I said, it sure is. I said, he's looking for somebody to buy him a steak tonight. So, if you're willing to step up to the plate, I'm sure. But nonetheless, we are glad to have them with us here tonight. And we're glad for your presence. Tonight we're going to be looking, as I said a moment ago, at Genesis chapter 39. I want us to think for just a few moments about this man by the name of Joseph. And the title of our study tonight, Joseph Faces Hard Times. I guess all of us like an underdog. We tend to pull for individuals that might be classified as the underdog. Tonight, I want to introduce you to a man that I would consider to be an underdog. His name is Joseph. Joseph, as you well know, was a favored son. Later, he became a faithful steward. And then sometime later, became a famed statesman. In our study tonight, I want us to think for just a few moments about the events that occurred following his brothers selling him into slavery. We read of Joseph being taken down to Egypt. He had been sold into the hands of the Ishmaelites and the Midianites. And the Bible tells us that this man, this young man, became ultimately a light for God in Egypt. One of the great themes, I believe, in the life of Joseph is the providence of God. And tonight we're not going to be talking about providence, but nonetheless, in his life, you see this theme at work. 
I do want you to think with me for just a moment or two about the circumstances that Joseph finds himself in while in Egypt. The first thing that I call your attention to in our study together has to do with his duty or his work. Now imagine at the tender age of being, at the tender age of 17, being transported into a foreign land, separated from family and friends. I think back to when I was 17. I thought I knew it all. I thought I was a man. The older I get, the less I now know that I knew. There's something about the aging process that tends to put things into perspective. Joseph was a young man, but he rose to great prominence in Egypt. And really we have the beginnings of this found in chapter 39. So we think about his duty or his work. Now the text tells us that he finds himself under Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. He was an Egyptian. Now in verse 2, if you would, note what the text says concerning this young man named Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. First of all, we think about his prosperity or his success, and his success was linked to Jehovah God. It's interesting to me that even though Joseph has been transported down into Egypt, separated from family and friends, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. There's a lesson there for us. And that is no matter where we may go, no matter what circumstances we may find ourselves in, the Lord will always be with us. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But we think, first of all, of his prosperity, but then also note his position. His position was one of service. Look at verse 4. Joseph found favor in the sight, or rather in his sight, and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put in his hand. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. So we think about his position. He was a servant in the household of Potiphar. I might also add that he was entrusted with great power. Note, if you would, his standing. The Bible says that he was made overseer of the household of Potiphar. But note, if you would, verse 8. In verse 8, the Bible says concerning Joseph and his work, his position in Potiphar's house, that this man had committed all that he had into his hand. There was a sense of trust there. Potiphar could trust Joseph. Joseph, as we said, was a prosperous man. He was a successful man, and that was due to the Lord. 
But now we think in the second place of his detractor. Now I want you to think for a moment about Joseph. He's already been separated from the father that loved him deeply. He has been separated from family members, from friends. He's in a foreign land. And now we read of a detractor that comes on the scene. And in this case, it is a woman. And it just so happens to be that the woman who is in pursuit of Joseph is Potiphar's wife. The first thing that we see in our lesson text is her passion. Look at verse 7. It came to pass, now bear in mind, verse 6 tells us a little commentary on the appearance of Joseph, that he was handsome in form and appearance. And because of this, verse 7 says, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. In other words, she wanted him to commit sexual infidelity with her. She was very passionate about trying to seduce this young man. But there's another thing that we need to consider, and that is her persistence. Note, if you would, verse 10. In verse 10, the text says, So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her, to lie with her or to be with her. Now, you want to talk about somebody who was persistent, somewhat reminiscent of the work of our adversary known as the devil. The Bible says that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I think about temptation and how temptation comes calling each and every day. None of us are exempt from temptation. And one of the things that strikes me about temptation is the fact that the devil is persistent. That is, he is always after those of us who are members of the human family, particularly those of us who belong to the body of Christ. He seeks to circumvent our faith. James said in chapter 1, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. And lust, when it has conceived, brings forth sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And so the admonition, do not be deceived or do not err, my beloved brethren. So here is this woman. And she is striving to seduce Joseph. He has been made overseer in the household of Potiphar. So what does Joseph do? How does he respond? Well, let's think now about his devotion. And now we're talking about his will. Sometimes we talk about the strength of Samson. And by all means, Samson, physically speaking, was extremely strong. But I believe that Joseph bore up with the strength of Samson, spiritually speaking. Note, if you would, first of all, his piety. Let's look again at verse 7. In verse 7, the text says, It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. 
And she said, lie with me. Now note verse 8. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. He has committed all that he has into my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. All right, let's just think for a moment about what Joseph is saying here. Joseph is a man that is deeply devoted to his God. There is a sense of allegiance to God on the part of Joseph. I think about the fact that Joseph refused to sin. Now you and I, we have to make decisions each and every day. And really the question is, are we going to say no to temptation and sin? The question is not, can we say no? The question is, will we say no? Joseph refused to sin. I wonder how many of us have that kind of spiritual fortitude. Again, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then the admonition, whom withstand steadfast in the faith. We have to have a persevering spirit in the face of temptation. And so what did Joseph do? The Bible says he refused to sin. So we think about his piety, but then also his purity. What about the purity of this young man, Joseph? I think it gives encouragement to all of us, whether young or old, that we can be deeply devoted to God at a young age, that we can be people of piety, and we can also be people of purity. Do you remember what Paul said to Timothy? Timothy, as you know, was Paul's son in the faith. Timothy was a young evangelist. And in 1 Timothy chapter 5 at verse 22, Paul said, keep yourself pure. And so here is this young man, Joseph, in a foreign land, maintaining a sense of purity before his God. Now, there are a lot of people that would say, well, who would know about it? I mean, I can get away with this. No one's going to know. My family's certainly not going to know. My friends aren't going to know. Maybe there would be some that would say, after all of the heartache and struggles that I've been through, I'm due this. But that wasn't the case with Joseph. Not only did Joseph refuse to sin, but the Bible says he ran from sin. Note, if you would, what is said. Picking up in verse 11, it happened about this time when Joseph went into his house to do his work. And none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Do you remember what James said in chapter 4, verse 7? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, in this case, Joseph makes the decision to leave, to run, to get out. That's what we have to do. We face temptation. We come face to face with sin. We have to make a decision. 
First of all, are we going to refuse to sin? And then secondly, are we going to be man or woman enough? Are we going to have the spiritual fortitude, the willpower to run from sin? To literally leave it in our wake. But now fourthly, we think about his detention. That is, Joseph is going to find himself in a prison ward. Picking up in verse 14, we read of the perversion of Potiphar's wife. It's bad enough that Joseph has been sold into slavery. That he is in a foreign land separated from family and friends. It's bad enough that she has sought to break him down spiritually speaking. And because he was a man of integrity, because he was a young man of purity and piety, he said no. Now look at what happens. Verse 14. Well, verse 13. So it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He has come in to me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Verse 20. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Now it's bad enough that Joseph has been separated from family and friends, and now it just seems like things are going well, and what happens but the wheels fall off. He's in prison. And why is he in prison? Because he sought to do what is right. Sometimes there is a price to pay for doing what is right. We talk about the price for serving the Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Joseph was being persecuted for the sake of righteousness. He hadn't done anything wrong. The only thing that Joseph did was maintain his fidelity, his allegiance to God. Would we have that kind of spiritual strength and stamina? What about Potiphar's wife? What could you say about her? What would you say about the allegations that she made to her husband? Nothing more than, as some people say, a bald-faced lie. She lied about him. 
She didn't tell the truth. She misrepresented the facts. And because of that, what happened to Joseph? Oh, he finds himself in prison. But now, note if you would verse 21. Because you see, on the one hand, you have her perversion. But on the other hand, you have his provision. Look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's hand because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Just a moment ago, we noted the first few verses of chapter 39. Joseph had been sold into the hands of the Ishmaelites and the Midianites. He finds himself in the household of Potiphar. But the Bible says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 21, note if you would, here is Joseph, he's in a strange land, and now he's in prison. What are the positives? But the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 23, the Lord was with him. Do you remember what the Lord said to those of us who live under the Christian dispensation? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Here is Joseph under some very difficult circumstances. And yet the Lord is with him. The Lord is right there at his side. Did Joseph face some difficult times? You better believe it. He faced some difficult times that you and I might never see in this life. But he maintained his faith. He maintained his allegiance to God. Even though the circumstances might have been bleak, the Lord was with him. And one of the things that we see in looking at the life of Joseph is that ultimately he became a light for God in the land of Egypt. That great famine that later takes place, Joseph rises to prominence in the court of Pharaoh. And then as a result of being reunited with his family, with his father, many years later, it is as a result of Joseph's connection to Pharaoh that this small group of Israelite people are afforded the opportunity to settle in the land of Goshen. And there they begin to expand and ultimately become a mighty nation of people, the providence of God. God used Joseph. In the bleakest of circumstances, God was with Joseph. God will be with us. Whatever we face, wherever we may be, the Lord will be with us. 
If you wanted to mark two verses in Genesis chapter 39, I would mark verses 21 and 23, where the text says the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. The Lord is with us. Whether it be sunshine or rain, good or bad times, the Lord is always with his people. The beauty of living the Christian life is knowing that the Lord will be with us, that he will see us through. I want you to think about this. The Lord was with Joseph when he went into prison, while he was in prison, and when he came out of prison. Whatever you face in this life, the Lord will be with you. The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord will stand by you? Tonight we want to encourage those who might be present, who've not obeyed the gospel, to do so. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We talk about the love of God. The Bible says, God commendeth his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The beauty of the cross, the drawing power of the cross tonight, if you're not a Christian, what would you need to do? The Bible says, first of all, we need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. John 8, 24. We are instructed to repent. That is to turn away from a life of sin. Luke 13, 3. Confess his name before others. Matthew 10, 32. And then the Bible says we must be immersed in water for the remission of sins. Acts 2, verse 38. When we do that, the Lord then adds us to the body of Christ. Acts 2, verse 47. It is in that spiritual realm that all spiritual blessings reside. Ephesians 1, verse 3. We live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Titus 1, verse 2. Does that way of life sound appealing to you? It may be that you're here this evening. You're not faithful to the cause of Christ. Maybe you've not lived as you should. You know that you need to rededicate your life. Why not do that this very hour? We would be happy to pray with you and for you, and the Bible assures us God will abundantly pardon. 1 John 1, 9. Would you come as we stand and sing?